Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Kate Watson, and I'm here with my good friend, Sean. I'm actually going to let Sean introduce himself. Would you like to say hello, my friend? Sure. Um, So I'm Sean. I live with autism spectrum disorder, um, and I'm also a mental health therapist and a bunch of other things. But really, that's what you need to know about me. (laughs) thanks sean and you know you mentioned that you live your life with autism spectrum disorder and it was it's just one of the reasons i wanted you to come on the podcast i mean there's so many things about you and you have a lot to offer but i thought you know (laughs) i thought the audience would probably benefit from hearing you know a little bit about what what even is autism spectrum disorder like like what does your average person need to know about this and if you if you got a big heart and you really want to care for folks who are living with asd like you do how can we do that so let's start with what should people know about autism spectrum disorder um so i think it was margaret mead had this statement she used to said say you're unique just like everybody else. (laughs) And I mean, I think that's autism in a nutshell, right? Like this idea that people with autism are different, just like everybody else is different. Um, And I think, right, like that may be an unpopular posture in that I think a lot of the neurodiversity movement has really moved towards you have to be okay with whatever my history or my sort of my ideas are. And I just don't know that that's, realistic right like I think right like conflict is a healthy thing like difference difference is part of what makes America great right like and so when I think about autism and how to help people with autism I think about well how do I really work with a person so that who's different than me really I I think it just comes back to that I, I know that seems like an oversimplification but I really think it's that easy and that hard yeah that easy and that hard. I like the way you described that. And and honestly, I think we could benefit from some things being simplified a little bit. I, I worry that we overcomplicate quite a bit. Um, and keeping in mind, Sean, that the people listening are people who tune in because they're the kind of folks who, who care about people and they want to do the right thing. And often they're the same people who occasionally you know, put their foot in their mouths or, or say the quote wrong thing or end up ruffling some feathers. You know, I'm wondering, like, what are a couple things that people could know if they want to be a supportive friend or family member to someone who's on the autism spectrum? I think if when it comes to their own stuff, right, like this idea of accurate empathy, right? Like, and, and not necessarily getting it right, but when I say accurate empathy, I think getting it right is important and contacting, right? Like the things that a person with autism presents is important, but I think there's this equal parts, right? And it's very MI to like, and Brene Brown to be like, to actually tune into what you're not doing right, mm. right? And I think that's a really hard posture to take, right? Like it's essentially 
saying, did I get this right? Right. Like sort of asking the person with autism, Hey, am I, am I landing right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know that we always do. And I, I think it's okay to land wrong because I think the one thing I've noticed about people with autism, at least the ones I work with, um, is they'll tell me when I'm wrong, right? Like they'll tell me, hey, that's not right, right? Because they're usually pretty repetitive in their interests and they tend to see things pretty black and white. And so mm. I think it's okay to stick your foot in your mouth if you're willing to take it out. But I think you have to be acknowledging in whatever work you're doing, whether that's a friendship, whether that's a parental relationship, whether that's victim advocacy work or something else, right? I think you have to be able to acknowledge that you stuck your foot in your mouth. I think that's a, it, because it's like a power thing, right? Like our power, it's, it's asymmetric, right? Like when we're a professional or a caregiver or a case manager, right? Like we have more power than the client, right? And so to like stick your foot in your mouth and be like, hey, did I get that right? Really levels the playing field. It makes it more symmetrical, which I think is a really uncomfortable posture for people who are in our field, right? It's it's really meant to be a podcast that leaves out a lot of jargon and terminology and just speaks to folks who want to be helpful, good souls in the world. Um, sure. And, you know, I think sometimes our really big hearts get in the way because we care so mm-hmm. much about like, I've got to do the right thing. I've got to act the right way. And when yeah. we care so much, we miss some obvious moments to just sort of be with people and connect with them. Well, I think you just hit it right there, right? Like this notion that we just have to be, mm-hmm. right? Like this, this notion that, right? Like as Thich Nhat Hanh would say it, peace is just a breath away. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, right? But this idea that, right? Like we can just be with people with autism because I think, right? Like, Autism is one of those disorders where it's super pathologized, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, like I think even in like, like hidden in the question, right? Like, what do I do with autism? Like for me, all this stuff comes up around, right? Like, are you asking me what intervention is best? Are you asking me what phrasing is best, right? Like all these, like, like all this buildup, but really it's just like you said, it's about being with people. Yeah. Right. And acknowledging in a symmetrical way. Right. Like that. I don't know more than you. And I just I may have stuck my foot in my mouth and I Mm -hmm. need to undo that. Whether that's a parent child relationship. Right. Or whatever it be. You know, Sean, I've known you to be um, really open about like it's in your biography that you live with autism you know you when I asked you to introduce yourself on the podcast it was like the first thing you said um and I wonder do you ever feel like people hear that about you and then like change the way they act toward you oh absolutely so in what way so like the easiest example I can give right like so I went through a divorce maybe five years ago one of the things that showed up in court, right? So at the time I was a bachelor's level social worker. I was employed in the agency, right? And one of the caveats their lawyer threw out was that I have autism. And so the judge went, can people with autism parent, right? Like, and this may seem like stick in the mud kind of thing, but it's not, right? Like I actually had to like be assessed by a psychologist, right? Like, I, we had to do a parental fitness examination because they didn't 
the court didn't know if developmental delays precluded people from parenting, but right, like the mere fact that the court had to ask, mm-hmm. right, like can parents with with autism parent, right, like just tells you how deeply prejudiced our society is about people with autism. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there are times where someone finds out you have autism and they're trying so hard to be like accommodating that they almost do too much. (laughs) I mean, like, I think I'm pretty like good at camouflaging, Mm. right? Like I don't know that most people know I have autism because I didn't find out till I was 18, right? I was headed to college. I wanted to prove everyone wrong, right? And so that's what I did. And so I think, right, like, it's more subtle and like, like I, I think, right, like, I have to tell people like, hey, I have autism, because I don't know, have you ever caught on to the fact that I have autism without me telling you? No, not without you telling me, no. Mm-mm. Okay, so I mean, right, right, like, before we got on the show, we, we talked about a training you were doing, and I got really stuck on outcomes and it was interesting because right like that very much is one of my symptoms of autism right but it also right like I don't know that if I hadn't told you this or pointed it out you would have ever connected those dots would you have no no so what I'm saying is right like some people present as hey autism is part of my identity right like it's and and so it colors your lens of them when you hear that. I often wonder, like, does it cover people's lens of me when I go dating, right? Like, I say I have autism, and they're like, do you? I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Like, it's a diagnosed thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, and the reason I asked the question is I could imagine some well-meaning soul who thinks they're doing the right thing, like saying, Mm. oh, oh, I'm about to go on a date with this guy who told me he has autism. Let me Google what I need to know. And, you know, up comes this list of signs and symptoms. And I could imagine this person really thinking I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing my homework. And then they go on this date with you and they're like, you know, tiptoeing around and maybe not making eye contact because they read on some list that you might not like eye contact. You know, I can imagine someone thinking, I'm so good. I, I was so careful. And you might be on this date. Like, why is this person being weird? <laughs> well, right. I mean, it kind of comes up that way, right? Like, yeah. I think the weirdest thing was I've experienced a lot of career success right? Just because I have autism, right? Like, and it makes no sense to me, right? Like, I spoke at UC Mind Davis Institute last year. Um, so the UJH Autism Symposium, the PESI Autism Symposium, UW Eau Claire, and PESI again, right? Like, that's five, and, and the Dan Marino Foundation, right? Like, all because I have autism, not because, like, I did anything other than like get some training in MI teaching, right? Like that maybe like ate up two of those mm-hmm. things, but like, it's ridiculous, right? Like I'm just one person with autism. I don't think that really makes me that special. Well, I'm going to take a guess here and I'm interested in your thoughts, but do you think maybe what does make you special is that you're so open talking about it? 
Probably. I mean, there was a whole article on in different brains, which is an art, they're a nonprofit, which I write for, but um, they just had an article on self-disclosure, right? And I'm, I'm curious why you ask though. I guess I was thinking it's a shame when people feel they need to hide these things. And, and you might be a good example of like the good things that come when you're willing to kind of, you know, stand up and be proud and say, this is who I am. Oh, and I think there's some real value in doing that if you like have a plan for it, right? Like, I think to say I'm this way and this is the adversity I've accomplished and overcome and what I've gone through, right? Like is a very different statement than saying I have autism, right? Because one really has context and the other doesn't, right? Like, that's why like when I say I have autism, usually it's after I've talked to somebody. So like if I'm on a date, right, like I might throw in there like, hey, did you notice I have autism? Or like, hey, I I have autism, right? But it's usually in the context of some other stuff. Like, and when I say other stuff, I mean experience, right? Like we've usually been texting for days, right? Like we've usually established some trust. It's not like I'm just going out being like, yeah, I have autism. And I mean, granted, right? Like you Google my name and it's pretty dead clear, but I've also done that very intentionally because I've linked it to what I do in behavioral health. Because for me, a really important piece of the autism experience, right, is that people with autism don't have access to mental health in equitable portions to what a normal person does. Because a lot of times, right, like clinicians will actually shy away, mental health clinicians will shy away from working with people with autism. So, right, like part of like this self-disclosure is very intentional because it's trying to spark a change in the field of mental health yep. right which is i want mental health clinicians to work with people with autism right like it may sound stupid simple but you'd be amazed at how much i cut my teeth on that um i mean it it sounds simple but i wouldn't call it stupid simple and and i think that's what i was trying to give you credit for which is you know when people sure. let me back up here's what i want to give you credit for Given that story that you told about the court and what they put you through, I feel like you have very good reason to want to hide that you have autism because you may be mistreated again and again and again. And what I'm trying to give you credit for is that you said, well, that horrible thing happened to me and more horrible things could happen to me, but it's still worth it to me to come out and be open and tell people who I am because more good can come of it if I show the world what someone with autism can do. And you know what? I have to tell you, I'm sadly, gosh, I wish this wasn't true, but I'm not that surprised that clinicians don't really want to work with someone with autism. I, I wish that shocked me. I wish I was over here with like my jaw dropped, but oh. my, my first thought was, oh, of course, because they think you need some specialist. Right. Some specialist that doesn't exist, even though they're the specialist who knows the DSM-5, which also happens to include autism, might I just add. What the heck will they say? They'll say things like, well, I don't know that it's ethical or it's outside of my scope, right, to like work with somebody with autism and panic. Or it's outside of my scope to work with somebody who's autistic and suicidal. Mm -hmm. I've got to stay within my scope, which, right, like, Scope has become this like, and it's like, get more training if you don't, right? Like there are three programs I can name that teach this stuff, right? Like 
not to mention the millions of other ones that are just generalist education, not for mental health clinicians. Yeah. So it makes me batshit crazy. People are like, I'm outside of my scope. I'm like, well, get out of mental health. And maybe that's a little black and white, but I just, I can't stand it. Well, and it, it, it certainly uh, assumes that someone who is on the spectrum cannot benefit from a lot of the things that folks who are not on the spectrum benefit from in therapy. Um, and so, you know, again, I'm trying to give you credit for you're kind of out there waving that flag, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> well, at this point, that ship has long since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're yeah. stuck with it. Well, I, I think what the, the, the takeaway here is from many things that we've been, what we said is that if you know someone who's on the spectrum, probably we don't need to like raise no. a bunch of alarms and, yeah. you know, and, and treat someone totally differently. You know, that said, autism is a spectrum. And so, you know, it's also hard to describe a person on who has autism as any one thing. I think people like you're saying who mean well, right? Like stick their foot in their mouth, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're trying to tiptoe around rather than just like asking, right? Like, I think it's really simple. Like it's really just about being kind, right? Like Mm -hmm. if like something I'm saying, right? Like, like earlier I made you visibly angry and it was like, oh shit, I'm up to something that's not working for Kate, right? Like, and I just apologize because, you know, like I pissed or frustrated you and you had every right to be frustrated with me because I was completely missing your point. I was not accurate, right? I did not have accurate empathy, but it's that simple, right? Like, and it's that complex, right? It's, mm, it's, mm-hmm. it's really about like tuning in to just kind of what is this person's experience, right? So if like, Something I'm doing is pissing that other person off. Should I really keep doing it? Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Probably keep, not, right? Keep, <laughs> like, keep doing it and expect a different result. That's the definition of insanity. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's this, it's really not hard, but for some reason it's incredibly hard. Yeah. Like people think they need some crazy outcome-based thing, right? But really, it's just about you know, just being human and being kind. Yeah. And if you don't know how to be human and kind in the moment, asking is okay. Yeah. Like, how can I be kind to you right now is like a fair question. A great question. <laughs> I just made that one up. I like that one. You should do that in your training. <laughs> okay. I'm going to thank you now, Sean, for sharing all this. Listen, um, you know, sometimes people go to the Only Trying to Help website where they, they might want more information. Is it okay if people, um, they can either reach out to you directly or if you don't want to field, you know, the, the millions of people who are going to listen and want to ask you questions, they can always email me and I can forward them to you. But what's your preference? Now that you say that, there's a contact form on my website for seanindervitson.com. It kicks uh-huh. emails to my email. Um, I'd probably be more comfortable with that because I don't really like to give out my email because of what I do for a living. Cool. Um, okay. So I if need... I put, if I put your website on yep. my website, people will go to the contact form and they can reach you through that. Yeah. I call it good. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of ways to reach you, but um, I appreciate it. And I, I mean, I do think that you may get uh, a few questions from folks who 
are going <laughs> to, I assume, write to you and say, oh, my, my nephew is on the autism spectrum and he always seems uncomfortable at Christmas dinner. And what can we do to make him feel more comfortable? And listen, have some fun with those. <laughs> I'm going to. It, my answer is going to be, have you asked him pretty much every time? <laughs> Ask him, ask him what would make him more comfortable. Yeah. And, and if you are still not sure, how about you treat him like your other nephews? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That, that nails it. Okay. Well, see, I'll just field all your questions. I got this. You got this. Just treat people like humans. All right. You Thanks, too. Sean. Since that day I live in a dream